everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ho in the Know. I am non-binary on my real ID, Selena. <laughs> I just got, um, I did the whole process of getting a real ID, which is a new thing in California uh, where they expect to have more information on you, including a fingerprint. Uh, so I did that because uh, if you get, you're no longer going to be able to like use your driver's license to fly out of California, I think, or something like that. Like you're going to have to have like additional proofs of ID to fly here i don't know it's a weird thing so they're not they're not accepting driver's license is so i got the real id and it gave me the option of putting non-binary as my gender and that felt very validating so now it's official that's beautiful and affirming and i'm so happy for you um i am got mommy issues and daddy issues Corey. (laughs) yeah (laughs) I really hate my parents. And I was talking to somebody the other day about like how that's such like a privileged thing to be able to say, like the fact Is that it? I, the fact that I have parents at all, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's degrees of privilege, though, yeah. degrees of privilege, because I mean, I don't know, there are some really fucked up parents. Who, that's true. And like, I don't think that it's always a privilege to have really fucked up parents, mm-hmm. like especially depending on the level of harm that they do to you. Yeah. that's true yeah but yeah i don't know i got parental issues i've got them too (laughs) who doesn't you know some people some people are good with their parents and i'm like good for you dog like what a nice thing (laughs) to have i was like literally having this conversation with my therapist uh i was like i was like my parents are at a point mostly my mom is at this point where like she is maybe not long for this world. Like she, she has like maybe a decade or something of mm-hmm. life. In my opinion, I'm not an, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm clearly a sex worker. I'm, I'm a whore here, <laughs> but she has like really bad, uh, autoimmune issues. Uh, she's immunocompromised and, uh, she's constantly sick and she, her health has kind of been deteriorating for a while and my my sister was like, hey, you know, like if you ever want to have a relationship with her, you're going to have to like do it soon because, you know, you don't know how much time she really has left realistically. Mm. And so I just had a long period of like considering, like, do I want to have a relationship with her? Like, do I care about having a relationship with my parents? And like, what do I get out of it? And what do I possibly like lose from not pursuing that? Um, and I just, I was like, I was talking to my therapist about it and I was just like, I don't think that they could like give me the things that I need that would feel like the, the mother child relationship that I want. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that my dad could really do that either. Like, I don't think that they are able to like sit and like observe my identities and also like, and because they hold on to certain identities, like they're like really religiousness and stuff like that, that like it makes it really impossible to, to have that relationship. I just don't think that they're capable of it. So that was kind of my, my end thing was like, if I may want that, that relationship is not possible for them. Right. So peace about that. 
Anyway, this is a podcast uh, by sex workers for sex workers, all about the sex work. The topic is actually sex work. You yeah. may not have realized that. Yeah, we just have other things going on too. Yeah. <laughs> We're complex creatures, yes. and one of the complex creatures has joined us. Uh, this is Cinnamon. Hey, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here with y'all. Hey, everyone. Every episode, we begin with a segment we call Historical Hoes. And this week's Historical Ho is a person who is currently living. He's pretty young. He uh, is on OnlyFans. And uh, yeah, so let's just get into it. This is a shouty for y'all shouties. Uh, so this week's historical hoe is Jason Love. We got our information from IMDb and some famous birthdays and a little from his OnlyFans and his IG. Jason Love was born, Jason Thomas, on February 1st, 1985 in Louisiana. He began performing in Miami nightclubs and gained popularity in the music scene. Jason began producing not only his own rap tracks, but also other artists' music. After making songs with a few famous artists, Jason Love wanted to extend his career beyond the Miami music scene and was looking to land a deal with Interscope Records as an artist and producer. The talented rapper's musical style expands on many genres, while his lyrical flow showcases his versatility. Jason Love, uh, his music expands from bounce to pop, hip-hop, and EDM. In 2013, he joined Model Mayhem to pursue his modeling career, and in 2020, he promoted men's supplement products from Vigor Labs. His career extends past modeling to fitness model, uh, exotic dancer, personal trainer, and porn star. He's I am Jason Love on OnlyFans, TikTok, and Instagram. Uh, yeah, go follow this guy. And uh, that is the ongoing life of Jason Love this week's historical ho. Yes, so excited to have you. Um, my friend Diosa uh, introduced me to you. Um, and I, I'm excited to get to know uh, more about the work that you do. Um, so when did you start doing sex work? In 2006. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I, uh, 2006, yeah, I just like graduated high school and heard about the lusty lady and got like, did an interview there. Like, I think it was like the day after Christmas. Um, I went in for audition and like started working a week later. So, yeah. So I guess you could say 2007, but really it was 2006 when I had my audition. Right. We've interviewed so many people who have come through the lusty lady. Uh, yeah, it seems like a, a beacon of, of sex work amazingness. It's totally like, well, it was a total hub for, you know, sex workers of all types. Yeah. Um, and why did you decide to get into sex work? Um, for one, I really needed a job. Um, I think that was like the major thing. Um, I needed, I just needed, I just needed work. I needed money. And I also wanted to like do something different. I wanted to do something for myself on my own terms where I had most of the control over what I decided to do with my body and my brain and, you know, things like that. Yeah. 
So what was it like coming to the Lusty? What was your first impression of the place and the people there? Hmm. My first impression of the place and the people there was that I'm going to like this a lot. Like, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I definitely, like, had my own drama with that place. I know that a lot of people, like, who have worked there have had issues with the place. I also did as well, but I don't want to necessarily badmouth bad mouth the lusty entirely. Uh, so I'm not going to do that. But it gave me... I don't want to say like purpose because that's like too deep, but it gave me a sense of belonging and, and community that I really was looking for, you know, at 19, fresh out of high school mm. that I, you know, that I didn't necessarily, I have in high school, like I had friends in high school, but I knew the minute that we graduated, we would probably all go our separate ways. And for the most part we did. I don't really talk to those people anymore. I have one friend from high school that I talked to. Uh-huh. Was it pretty diverse there whenever you were working? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not particularly. <laughs> I mean, it it was, it had its own diversity, but it was mostly like white women who worked there. Um, I will say it was pretty queer, which I really did enjoy. That made me feel safe and secure in my own queerness. But, and they, they, I know that they, they wanted to hire, you know, more fat people, more people of color, you know, more non-binary people, but their track record for supporting that sometimes wasn't always the best. So I think people also got scared to work there or would leave because they didn't feel safe. Hmm. Right. And was this like during the period whenever it was like unionized and, Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So it was, it was like, even so, like, the kind of racist practices persisted. Yeah, I think so. I don't think, I, obviously, I don't think it was intentional on any one person's part, but the system is always set up against us. Yeah. And I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to, like, not that I'm not trying to cause drama, but I'm also not trying to deal with a bunch of white people's bullshit, you know? Like, I don't have time for that. I come here to go to work and make my money, and, like, if I, if if, you know the earth and the stars above will it for me to have a good day at work. Okay. That's great. But on, on a whole, I'm just here to, I'm just here to go to work. I don't want to right. deal with this bullshit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting because, you know, there is kind of like, Oh, well, once you have some economic power, then like, you know, you can have, or whenever like the strippers have the power, they'll have like the power to make the real change. But it's like, even with that, there's still like all of the other levels of, you know, oppression. And, oppression is systemic, not just yeah, like, it's, doesn't go away just because you, you unionize. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Um. So from there, where did your, you know, adventures in sex work take you? Um, well, from there, I worked there for a really long time. Um, I want to say until like 2010 or 11, I think. Oh, wow. Um, I worked there for like three or four years. Um, but like working through the Lusty, I worked at like um, a BDSM house that I, that I really did not like. That was like actually problematic. Um, okay, so I wait. Left that place. Sorry to cut you off, but I want to okay. know... Okay, what your opinion is of, like, house versus dungeon versus, like, you know, solo? 
like my personal opinion of like what I think about the work or like how they operate. The environment. The environment. The environment. Like, yeah. What are the differences and like, where do you feel like you are treated best and have the most autonomy? By myself. Honestly, I, you know, when I have community with me so I can go to my community and ask questions if I don't know something or if like, you know, if I want to go back to work now, I could ask some people like, what are, what are the, what is the standard rate nowadays? As opposed to like, you know, when I stopped working a few years ago, um, I'd rather just do that on my own and figure that out on my own than like go back to a house or a dungeon and be told what I'm doing and then how much money I have to give the house or the dungeon. Like, no, nah, I'm not trying to do that. Fuck that. Mm. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be told what I have to do or what I can and can't do or how my, or like how my ad needs to read, or like what I can call myself or whatever. Like not trying to, no, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just not right. I think personally. Um, so I'd much rather like work independently than for anybody else ever again. Yeah. So you're working at the dungeon or working at yeah. the house. Yeah. And I didn't like it. So I quit working there and like pretty much went independent at that point. I, you know, using like Craigslist back in the day. Um, I didn't know about all the other sites that you could use. Um, so I worked pretty much from Craigslist and, um, a few times I, I got have like, to, go ahead. Do you have to like code your language for Craigslist or were you just like very straightforward? I was pretty straightforward. Like, I mean, you know, back then, like Craigslist was a lot more um, loose with its stuff. I, if you would yeah. say, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot easier to get by. Um, I never got in any trouble, or like got, you know, I didn't think I, ever, I didn't think I ever really had like cops in my inbox or anything like that, which is, you know, I was lucky for. Um, but I feel like I must have known somebody who almost got like picked up from Craigslist. We just don't really probably talk about it because it's scary, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and we don't want to put that kind of bad luck on ourselves, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean like coded language in a way that everybody knew what I was talking about, you know, like um, I, I also like didn't have a, a set menu on my Craigslist ads because that didn't feel safe, but you know, for what I put on the ad, people knew what this was and what kind of arrangement it would be. Um, I also just spent a lot of time answering, answering ads, like not, not, um, not ads, I should say, but like, like, um, personals a lot of the Mm -hmm. time. I spent a lot of time reaching out to people that way, which felt good as well, but it also felt kind of, um, I'm not going to front it to me when I was doing it because I'm, a, I'm like a very, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to say buy the books person because that's not necessarily true, but um, it felt a kind of way because I was reaching out to people who were looking for actual relationships and maybe not necessarily to pay for their, to pay for what they were looking for. But it worked a lot of the time. Like people would get back to me and be like, actually, this is not bad. I would like to meet up with you or whatever, you know? Um, but it felt kind of rude in a way to reach out to people for something that they weren't asking for up front. Mm-hmm. So, Cause some of the ads, like you could tell some of the ads were actually just like looking for services and they didn't put that in their thing as a first, as, as opposed to some people were actually looking for a real relationship in the personal yeah. section. Um, you can kind of tell which ones were which, um, but still I, I answered both kinds. Um, and yeah, did that, was that, did that answer your question? Yeah. 
yeah, okay. that was that was definitely the answer. Um, and sorry, you're talking right there. Okay. I'm just like, Please. can you hear that? I can't hear anything. I can just hear you. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess we'll just continue on. Um, so, uh, you're a non-binary person. Yes. Um, and how has that been present in your work? Do you feel like you've been able to be out about it, or do you feel like you've had to um, play femininity or play maybe even the opposite, masculinity or uh, studying or whatever? When I was when I was doing full service, as a matter of fact, I tried to kind of like be non-binary at one of the houses, and the the head bitch in charge was kind of like, you can't do that. Um, which was like, hmm. which is one of the moments that I knew that I didn't want to work there anymore. Um, and she kind of told me that like, I had to pick a direction, which is like rude as fuck. So yeah. oh, she didn't say quite like that, but she's like, that's basically, I feel like what she meant, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, that was one of the reasons that I stopped working there for sure. But other than that, I pretty much just play at femininity and like, I, I don't know if I were, if I were to go back to work, I might just be who I am now, the non-binary person that I am now and knowing my pronouns better and having a sense of who I am better. I, I might just use that, not use it, but just be that as opposed to when I was working before I was, I worked as a girl. I worked as a mm-hmm. woman. Um, right. I felt like the safer, safer thing to do um, because people are wild out there, you know? Yeah. And it, I also felt like it would make it hard for me to get work. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And I think also when you hold other marginalizations on top of being non-binary, it's like, do I really want to add this? (laughs) Do you know, even if it makes me feel better because people are hopefully like, you know, validating my gender, like, like, is it, is it worth it to add another marginalization when you can mask as a whatever, um, you know right in this case fun yeah yep yeah um so actually selena you go oh it's okay um i'm also like noticing do you have a new tattoo yeah i got a new tattoo um oh it's your color test it's my color test sorry this is a total side note but yeah okay. i got a, a white cloud with rainbow rain um, cause oh, I'm cool. gay, <laughs> uh, and also sad. <laughs> A tearful uh, cloud. Yes. Um, yeah. Sorry for that little detour, but I just noticed okay. it. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that you at a point moved into some full service work. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? What yes. did that look like for you? What was the transition for you and did it just kind of go hand in hand with some of your other practices yeah I think it was like it wasn't like easy easy it was like really scary because every time you know you put up an ad or something like that you're like oh this might be the time that I like get fucking busted or whatever you know Um, yeah I I mean it's interesting just to just to say that like you know the one of the bigger concerns is getting busted like secondary in a lot of ways is sometimes like other violence that happens Mm mm-hmm but like, right yeah you know so i um sorry my phone is fucking ringing i apologize i hope you guys can't hear that no no it's all good can't hear okay. it okay good um 
It, for me, was scary at first, and then it just kind of felt comfortable. I was doing this still while working at the Lusty, and then I moved to Maine for a little bit for a very short amount of time, um, and I that's pretty much when, like, I stopped doing uh, full service for a while because it just... I was living with my parents, like, you know, <laughs> my partner at the time. Like, and it's Maine. I didn't know really, I didn't know any other sex workers here. Yeah, um, and it's also Maine. You know, it's just really white and out there. Yeah, and <laughs> totally. very conservative, right? It's, it's like, I lived, back then I didn't feel that way, but um, I've noticed it is kind of weirdly conservative in this way. Like, people want to pretend that they're liberal and stuff like that. Now that I live here now and can kind of see things a little bit better, they want to pretend that they're liberal, liberal and all and supportive. But I still see, like, Trump supporting signs, like, pretty often. Right. You know, and that's terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. That's, uh, that's so scary. You know, it's really oh, yeah. scary. And it's, it's it also just feels, because, like, because it is so white, like, just because your next-door neighbor is supposedly like all down with you and shit like that. Well, when the Trump supporters come and bang on your door in the middle of the night and like come to like harass you and your family, those white neighbors next door are not going to do shit to help you. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. so that's what feels so scary about living in a place that's so white is that like people want to pretend that they're on your side or like say that they're on your side, but when you really need backup, where are they? Right. Sometimes I feel like it's better. Oh yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, and that's not to say that like every white person here is a bad person, but like, I don't trust them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like it's better when like they make it known that they're not on your side. Like, mm-hmm. you know where they stand, you know, they're not like pretending yeah. or like, you know, so you feel like there's this trust that you could develop with them and then yeah. they're not there when you need them to be there. Yeah, definitely. Right. I think there's also like this tendency with white people to like want to patch things up and like try and see the best in people like, oh, you know. Maybe, you know, we just need to talk to them and we'll figure it out. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, no, right. like, sometimes you need to, like, choose aggression and violence mm-hmm. because yeah. you're being met with aggression and violence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so you were doing full service around the time that you were at the Lusty. Were you placing ads on Craigslist, too? Yeah. And, um... Did you ever have, did you have like any long-term clients from escorting? Um, I had, sorry, my goddamn phone. I'm so sorry. Um, it's like, of course, like, of course, like somebody who like I haven't spoken to in like a real context would be trying to call me like right fucking now. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's fine. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, yes. I actually, I actually had sugar parents for a while. Oh, parents. Um, that, yeah. They were a couple. Wow, and like I, I feel like there was like some issue with my phone so like I didn't my phone was acting funny so they like brought me a fucking fancy new phone and like took me up to like go to their to go to their house and like hang out with them and like I was helping her pick out wedding dresses and shit like that <laughs> yeah that was like that was like I think for like a year that was really fun I really liked I really liked them and I think they mo- eventually moved to Texas and at one point he was like come visit me in Texas and I was like you know that doesn't feel like totally like a great idea for me. I was, I was like maybe 22, 23 and it just didn't feel safe. You know, I, I could have told people where I was going, I'm going to Texas to like go visit this old client of mine, but it didn't quite feel 100% safe. Cause like maybe he was playing the long game. I don't know. Right. But I was like, you know, I can't, 
Yeah. I don't think I can do that. Anything can go wrong uh, whenever you don't have like your safety structure around you. Right. Right. Exactly. But that went on for, I think about a year. And then I had a sugar mama and I saw her for like maybe six months. And then I'm not sure why I stopped seeing her. I think it's because I moved. I'm not sure, but she was, she was lovely as well. She would take me out for dinner. Um, and that was, there was no sex involved in that one, which was awesome. Oh, <laughs> right? wow. What, what did that relationship look like for you? It was great. She would like, I, she just wanted to spend time with me. She just wanted to like go on walks and buy me dinner and buy me books and clothes. Um, she like, didn't really like, she didn't really bother me outside of those times either, which I also thought was like a really nice boundary that she had. Um, I, I performed at her birthday party a couple times, a couple times. No, that was that other woman. Um, yeah, I love how many like women you yeah. who have been your patrons. Um, it, yeah, that was somebody else. Um, but I performed at her birthday party once. Um, that was like the, that was like as like as naked as she ever saw me was like that one time I believe. Wow! Um, how did you she, meet like, her? Was it again in, through Craigslist? She she caught me performing at a show. And I had like some, not contact info, but like a face by Facebook was on, was on the, pamphlet, you know, the little, uh, the pamphlet, yeah, for the show or whatever, or like some way to contact me was on there. Not my phone number or anything like that, or like where you could follow me or something like that. And so she found me through that. Found me through oh, wow. social media. Yeah. What did, okay, oh, did circling I, back to this couple, what did they expect <laughs> you to do? Was it like threesomes and stuff or? Yeah. Yeah, but it was actually I had a, yeah, but I had a lot of fun with them. One time they um, took me up to their house. This is actually they took me to their house more than once. But sometimes their kids were there, sometimes their kids weren't there. But one time their kids were there, and I was like, oh, I'll watch the kids for a little while because I know that they had like they were trying to plan this wedding and like didn't get much alone time because I was there like almost every single weekend for like six months and then less so at the end of it for the last part. But they didn't like, I, I was like wondering where all their alone time went. So I like, I watched their kids while they got to go and have sex, which was like really cute. Um, no. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I was like, you guys need some alone time. That's um, so sweet. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just like threesomes and like, you know, showering buddies and things like that. Um, um, I, I, also, that like, I also like, yeah, like, also, like, I didn't have to, like, do anything I didn't really want to do. Like, one time, I he just picked me up from work, and I just didn't have it in me. Um, I was like, can I just sleep on the couch tonight? And he was like, oh, yeah, totally. So I just slept on the couch instead of, like, with them in bed, which was really nice. Like, he would have also taken me home if I wanted to. I wanted to see them that weekend. I was just too tired. It was, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to go to bed. Yeah. That's the yeah, thing they were I rad. feel like with escorting is like the the really late hours they can just get to you, especially if you're like working like in person and then doing like another in person kind of thing or online thing or like you have a day job and then you have to do the night shift. Yeah, totally. You worked like twenty four seven. That was yeah, right? <laughs> just grinding, literally <laughs> on that grind. Yeah. Um. So you, you are not working now. Is there a reason? No, It's because I moved back to Maine and I don't necessarily feel safe. My family is here. And also like, I don't really know where I would advertise these days. I haven't, I just haven't like done that in a long time. Um, and I just, I feel like Maine is too small. Like somebody somewhere could see my ad or something or recognize me or, 
let it slip at some point. And I just, I live in my, I live in an apartment attached to my parents' house. Like if something happened, like I'd be so fucked. It just doesn't feel as safe as it used to feel to me for some weird reason. Do your parents know at all what you do? Uh, well, um, (laughs) a few years ago I was at my parents' house and I was like checking my ad and I forgot to sh- sh- shut down my my work email address. My dad mm. saw it and emailed me there. I still haven't, to this day, I still haven't read his email. All I know is I recognized the email address and that was it. I never read the email. So I'm sure that they know that, that I've done full service before, but I don't know like to what extent they know that. Or like, I don't mm. know what they, I don't know exactly what they know. And we've never really talked about it. Um, they... My stepmom Google searched my name a few years ago as well, found out that I did porn and was pissed. Mm-hmm. They ignored my phone calls for like a week and a half. And like the first time they ignored my phone call, I knew that I knew that something was wrong. I feel like I knew that they had found out something extra. And they blew me off. They seriously blew me off for like a week and a half. And finally they talked to me when they had a moment to think after they had a moment to think about it. And they were like, I don't know what we taught you all this stuff. And I was like, whatever, like, it's not about (laughs) you. Like you're not paying my fucking bills right now. Like shit's got to get paid for. Like, come on. Um, yeah. And did you grow up with your stepmom? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've known her since I was like four. So yeah. So she's your mom. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I've known her for a very, very long time. Oh, that's like, so it's so hard whenever, you know, they take these things so personally and like make it about them. Totally. It's like, I just wish that they could understand it really isn't about them. Like also I'm managing to stay safe and like, like make money the way I feel comfortable making money. Something that is fun and that I find enjoyable, like not all the time, obviously not across the board, but like. You know, but who finds uh, in who in the world right now finds their job enjoyable all the time? Twenty four like, seven, right? Exactly. You know, so that's not exclusive to sex work. Like, but totally. You know, totally. Yeah. So, yeah, I still feel so, kind of afraid that like my parents or some family member is gonna like find out. Actually, my godfather um, was like, uh, I could find out what you do because <laughs> he's a <gasps> investigative reporter um, oh my god like, you know if i wanted to know i i could because i've i've alluded to like what i do i've said i've done burlesque and he was like okay um but yeah i'm like okay we'll find out then like do it <laughs> right yeah like if you want to know like you could find out if you don't like yeah but also i'm like if any of my family members found what i do they would have to look for very specific things (laughs) that i'm like why are you looking that up yeah right right (laughs) i mean i wonder did they ever specify which of your uh porn videos they found or no i think they just found crash pad um I think they just like found my name via crash pad like this so they could see all of it if they wanted to like everything that I had done at that point via, just like on the crash pad website um but I'm not sure what exactly they found um or like maybe I don't know maybe they found something else for like another website but I'm pretty sure it's probably crash pad and I don't I don't blame I don't blame them obviously like it's not crash pad's fault you know I, I fucking love crash pad um but it's my mom's it's my mom's fault for being so fucking nosy Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, were you were you going by your legal name when you were doing that? No, no. She found either I mentioned she asked me what my burlesque name was because I used the same name um, on Crash Pad that I do for burlesque, not the same name that I would use for like in in person work. Um, So I think that she found like a burlesque video or something. I'm just supposing. I don't actually know, Um, or she like. I don't know how she, I don't know how she found out the last name that I use, um, because she knew I used the cinnamon. I, t- I told her that up front when I do shows and stuff. Uh, so I'm not sure how she found out the last name. Um, but she did at some point and use it to Google me. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what she found, but she found the porn and, um, yeah, they flipped the I mean, fuck it out. Just, it feels so like it's on them for being nosy. <laughs> totally. And like I had, I had, my stepmom had asked me in previous conversations, like, can I see any of your videos? Can I, do you have anything up online? Can I see more about, you know, I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. I told her just straight up. I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. Like, plus there are no videos of me online at that point. Like there was maybe a couple videos of me online that not, not porn, not including porn videos. Um, but I didn't know where they were. Like, I don't know if they were on YouTube or like just on my Facebook or like what had happened to them, you know? Right. Um, but I, and I just told her straight up, you probably don't want to know. You don't want to have this conversation with me. And I told her at least once or twice that exact thing. And she decided to take it upon herself and, um, found out shit she didn't want to find out. And that's on her. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, um, are you in a relationship? (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, not at the moment there. I have like a long-term date in California, um, that I, but I wouldn't necessarily call like a primary relationship. Um, but we've been dating for like a really long time and that's pretty much it. We also like don't really talk that often. It does not necessary for us to do that and consider each other dates. Um, but no, I'm not in a relationship right now. I haven't been in a primary relationship for like four years now, I think about four years. Um, I feel like I'm finally ready to start dating again, um, in terms of like looking for not a permanent relationship because nothing necessarily is permanent, but, um, a long-term, a long-term real primary relationship partner yeah 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 have you like have you dated while doing sex work yes um that was really hard I think for both of us because there there's ups and downs in like a personal sex drive and there's ups and downs in a work sex drive right Mm. and sometimes you know I wouldn't be working for let's say I wouldn't have had a date in like two days and my partner was like, okay, so you haven't had a date in a couple of days. Do you think that we could like do something? <laughs> like, do you think we could have sex? I'd be like, I'm so tired. I'm, I so don't want to do that. You know? Yeah. Like, um, and I think also like there was just jealousy there. My, my ex, um, uh, I actually shouldn't say that cause I don't want to, I don't want to out them. Um, so I'm not going to say that. Um, but, <laughs> um, I think it was just, I think it was, there was just some jealousy there, which I think is normal. You know, I'm not faulting them for that. I, th- I think it's totally normal to like, to have some jealousy and not fully understand the difference between 
work life and personal life all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, like, that's not the reason that we broke up. So I think overall it was pretty okay. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like is the, I mean, I know that this is like obvious and also like as a person who also does full service work, like I, but I still want to ask it anyway. Like, totally. what do you feel like the difference is between like full service sex and your personal sex? Oh man. Full service sex is like, you know, you necessarily don't want to do it that way or you're not finding doing it for pleasure. You're doing it for fucking work. You know, right. it's not about you. It's about the other person. Whereas when it's personal and you're doing it because you want to with whoever you want to it's can be about you and the other person it's more intimate it's you know it's not it's not work it's not like oh you're doing something you don't want to actually necessarily do um it's supposed to be fun you know (laughs) like not that not that work can't be fun either but it's supposed to be like fun all the time and with work it's not not always fun you know right Mm -hmm. yeah do you ever feel like I don't know. Do you ever have difficulty like getting back into your body after doing the full service? <sighs> totally, totally, totally. There'd be times when I would like be finished, like you know, either still at the hotel or like going home, where I want. I just, I know this sounds disgusting, but like I would want to lay in my own filth. Like I just, mm. like I don't even want to take a shower. I just want to like get into bed and be dirty and take a shower tomorrow, you know. <laughs> or like, which I know is gross, but like whatever. That's just like that's just like one of the ways that I deal with it sometimes. Um, or what like about sometimes that? I, what about it? Like lying in your filth. What was comforting I, that? It's just like oh, I get to just be. I just get to be however I want to be right now. Yeah. Like I don't have to worry about somebody like dressing up for somebody or like putting lipstick on or like being clean for somebody or like doing whatever somebody else wants me to do. I just get to like go home and be dirty and play video games or be dirty and just like shovel food into my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Something about that was just very comforting for me. Like knowing that I didn't have to perform anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Your body not having to be like a certain kind of way for somebody is just like it's so freeing I mean I know like after a shift like I usually just want to sit around and just be gross and not immediately hop into the shower like I may not want to get into bed per se but I just am like I'm like I'm gross but I'm done yeah yeah it's I'm gross but like I'm in my own home I don't have to like nobody's looking at me nobody's touching me I'm the one who wants to smell me <laughs> and that's fine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Totally. Um, so you were monogamous while you were doing sex work. We had an open relationship, but we mostly just dated each other. Okay. Um, yeah. There was like a few times when we like tried to hook up with other people and that like turned out into be a fucking disaster, the two of us. And that like, that was like horrible. Um, but I feel like if one of us was really like into somebody else, we'd have to have a sit down and have like a whole fucking conversation about it, which is just like how that sometimes works. But like, we could have maybe worked it out, but also like, I don't, I think both of us like had serious jealousy issues at the time, which made it hard for the other person to feel comfortable to do whatever they wanted to do at the same time. Which is both of our faults. I'm not, I'm not trying to put this off on my ex at all. Like I was very much responsible and like having my own issues. Do you feel like jealousy is, I mean, 
It, I just, I don't know if jealousy is a bad thing, you know? Totally. I don't think jealousy necessarily is inherently bad. I think it's like shows, I think in like in this weird way, it's like, it's like a way of showing somebody that you care about them, um, which is complicated to say, but I, I do feel that like jealousy comes from a place of actually caring about somebody, um, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah. I also think that's, it's not, it's not an answer to like, do it to, to behave however you want to behave. Like just because you're jealous yeah. doesn't mean that you should act out, you know? No, yeah. no. I definitely don't think that like jealousy, having jealous feelings gives you license to act any type of way. Um, but I do think the jealousy on its face is just natural whenever you care about somebody, <laughs> at totally. least to some degree. I mean, but I yeah. guess it, I don't know. I think it's maybe this is just me like projecting my own, like processing my personal jealousy into this mix, <laughs> a little dash of my uh, subjectivity. But <laughs> I think it's not necessarily bad. It is like, you know, whenever you feel that, it's like, oh, I care that much. Mm-hmm. Right. But within reason, you know, like I'm not going to let it, like, I'm, I don't know. I think when you let jealousy like fester and yeah. like you don't communicate that to the other person that you're feeling, you know, and you like, I know, especially like being non-monogamous, like I feel like this pressure to like love everything that my partner is doing or partners are doing, like, you know, be really supportive of them in whatever they're doing, but like, and then not communicating that, like, if I have an issue, or if I'm feeling something. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just like, I don't know, maybe a, I want like this idealistic yeah. polyamorous relationship. Yeah, definitely. Right. You know, but that's not always the reality. And like, you got to communicate, communicate. There's, there's yeah. a lot of like idealism in like what a poly relationship should be like, where it should be like, completely giving full of compersion mm-hmm. totally. um you know constantly communicative of everything no secrets ever uh the kitchen table like oh, relationship I, I hate that shit i really i really do i really <laughs> do but like i i don't want to like i've found for me like i don't want to I don't care about my partner's partners like cool you have other people and I'm glad they have other people but like I I just don't care to interact (laughs) yeah I think that's okay really really I've I think I've been personally grappling with like do I want to have a personal relationship with my partner's partners because I haven't like really had that opportunity to have that relationship with them I think it's just like there's jealousy on all sides. Like there's jealousy on the sides of my partner's partners toward me. Mm-hmm. There's like the insecurity of like what might be opened up by us having a connection. Like what secrets or truths do my partners want to keep from their other partners? Mm. Like just a lot of levels. Yeah. Which yeah. is why just not knowing them is like. <laughs> cool like you don't have to negotiate it or maybe i don't know for me i don't have to like negotiate any of that because i'm never interacting with them like or at least not interacting with them like with any level of intimacy like you know sharing a meal or Hmm. 
uh, you know, maybe I say hi and goodbye, but like, that's it. Yeah. Mm. And that feels good to me. Yeah. I, I feel <laughs> like feel I've that. like seen, I mean, it depends a lot, but like, I, I think mostly the people who I know who are, um, poly and successful and have some relationship with their like metamors are like my gay male friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's been interesting because, like, it's been a mixed bag. Like, some partners have been more um, active in the relationship and they'll, like, have dinners together and chat. But there's always, like, some degree of, like, tension, I think, involved. Or sometimes it's, like, like your partner's partner might also want to fuck you. Like, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> there's, there's so many ways it can go. But that's something different, I think. Like, you know, if there's some sexual or emotional attraction between everybody involved and like you know that could be a recipe for success yeah you know thruples or uh, what is more than a thruple a quadruple a, uh, a sextuple quadruple <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. sextuple yeah uh, did you did you ever watch uh steven universe mm-hmm. i love steven universe i actually have steven universe tattoos Oh my god, for real, that's (laughs) awesome. I love Steven Universe. Very wholesome. But there's the polyamorous uh, um, gem merge. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't think of... It's not amethyst. It's not... No. It's It's like the centipede-looking thing. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was just... I felt Mm. so affirmed in that moment. I was like, oh, my... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you watch cartoons. Yes, I love cartoons. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Completely off topic, but yeah. Uh, What's your favorite cartoon besides (laughs) Steven Universe? Um, I really like Futurama. Really? Yeah. Futurama too, honestly. I really like Futurama. I like. I like. um, Also, I love um, Adventure Time. I'm watching it right now. (laughs) um but i like i really like fry's like story arc and um i don't know it just futurama makes me happy i remember when it first came out after the simpsons and i was like what is this crap nobody's gonna watch this shit and then (laughs) years later i was i don't know why I, i don't know why i was like giving it a chance or like what it was on or something but i don't remember why i originally started watching it and started falling in love with it but i did and then it got canceled and then got canceled and then it got picked up and got canceled again and all this shit and i was like this this these people are playing with my emotions this is not a game like <laughs> i need to know what happens next right this is, no this is yeah. not a joke to me um but i feel like Trauma, I, I i like it a lot it it ended in a place where i feel i feel complete mm-hmm. yeah are you watching the the new Adventure Time like spinoff sort of the new? No, I don't know where to find those. Um, I think they were on HBO, and I I feel like my sister has an HBO login. I keep getting her to trying to get her to log me in on my TV, and then somebody else gave me their HBO login, but I lost the damn sticky note. Um, so I can't. I haven't been able to watch the new Adventure Time. Um, what are they called? I think they're called Distant Lands or Distant something Lands, like that. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I haven't been able to watch those yet. But one of these days, I'm gonna find it somewhere, and I'm gonna binge watch it. Like, like I nuts. can maybe send you a sneaky link. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. <laughs> oh, Swap the deeds. Swap the deeds, yes. guys. Um, <laughs> so that actually kind of made me think of like how we comfort ourselves. Uh, 
both like on the job and after the job and honestly even on the way like because you'd never know what baggage you're bringing in to work um did you have things that you used to calm yourself or center yourself to get into like the mindset to do sex work I, I probably like shouldn't be honest about this, but I'm going to be because it's just like whatever. I like used to drink a lot, a lot. And that was like a self-soothing thing to do, especially if I knew that I was going to be able to like stay in the room overnight or like get myself, get myself home safe or whatever. Um, I would drink. Um, I also, <laughs> I also really like developed a relationship, <laughs> like not even a relationship, like a codependency on Milky Way darks for some reason. Mm. <laughs> work. I don't know why I love them so much, but if I could find one before or after work, I would, I would eat it. Like I have this very specific way of eating it where I eat the outside first and then the middle. <laughs> I do that with Butterfingers and yeah. I feel like a freak, but I'm also how, like, how are y'all eating the, the outer shell? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to... But imagine. Butterfingers are hard. See, yeah. Milky Way is soft on the inside, but you can kind of just, like, you know, yeah, but I'm, totally. you know, you can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> but I just use my teeth. Yeah, to demonstrate my, yeah, the you technique. Just, you just you clear <laughs> totally. away that thin little bit of chocolate on the outside, and then totally. you're left gooey, delicious inside, or crunchy, yep. crispy inside. Exactly. Oh, my God. I can't even talk. I eat Kit Kats both at the same time. Oh, and and chomp them down. Wow, yeah. so sacrilege, you know? <laughs> right? I'm a freak, is what I'm saying. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. So, so I used to drink a kind of a lot, and then like I would treat myself if I could find them with Milky Way darks because I love them so fucking much. And I think just like allowing myself to just be how in the like, in the in the moment. Like, if I don't want to take a shower, I'm not going to take go back and going back to the shower thing. I'm not going to fucking take a shower. Like, if I want to go out afterwards and, like, go into the world, then I'll do that if I feel like that's what I want to do, which is not something that I ever really want to do because I'm agoraphobic. But, but like, you know, <laughs> like, if that's something that, like, feels right in the moment, then I'll do it. Um, but usually it's just, like, you know, what the hell is that? Being with myself allowing myself to feel however I feel mm-hmm. in that moment. I think before and afterwards, it's like really important to sit with yourself and see what you need because the the client isn't going to be concerned about what the fuck you need, to be honest, you know? So like what does yeah. cinnamon need right now? And then going with that. Yeah. No, that's, you got to self-reflect. You got to. Yeah. What? What is like some advice that you wish that you'd had or like a piece of a piece of like knowledge that you took after years of working in the industry that's just been so helpful? Hmm. Can't like have have community like seriously like like really build community around you. And don't rush. Like, if you're not feeling, if something's up with a client, like, don't rush that shit. It'll, it'll, it'll come, like, it'll, you'll see that what it is eventually. I feel like I rushed a couple of times, well, more than a couple of times, just because I wanted the money. Like, it was too good to be true. And I didn't realize that at the moment, in the moment. And, like, I got hit really, really hard. Like, it was, 
I mean, and I could take a lot of pain, but this was like to the point where I was like, this might not be the situation that I want it to be right now. It was like a little scary, you know, Mm -hmm. and I wish that somebody, I wish that I had like reached out to somebody to be like, is this too good to be true? Or like, what's up with this dude? Like, you know, I wish I had done like more research on, on some clients, um, some more background on some clients. And I think that like, that's also really important. Like do those background checks, like for real, if you can, like, I know that not all workers can do that, but if you have, how do you, you have, how did you do your background check? I would talk to other people that they had seen. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, sometimes they were newbies or whatever, you know, and like, the, I, I didn't really do background checks. If I could, I would just like talk to other people that they had seen, you know, um, or like, I would just get them to tell me like where they worked, if they felt comfortable and I wouldn't call their work. I know that some people like call their job or like ask for them to send an email from their work email or whatever the fuck, you know, I didn't do all that. I didn't do all that shit. I didn't feel like I, I didn't feel like I could sort of, um, because I don't know, I was young and inexperienced. So I felt like I couldn't ask for much. Um, but yeah, I would talk to like other people that they had seen. That was like my, my one way, excuse me. That was like my one real, real way of like doing some checks to make sure that it was mm. all good. If I could. Yeah. What about a tip like on business? Ooh, on business, like how to, like how to main, maintain business or how to get business or how to get business, how to maintain business, how to make the most buck for your bang. <laughs> um, I, I have to admit that like, I didn't always charge as much as I should have. And that is like unfortunate because I didn't believe that I was worth that. And I think if I were to go back to work, I would probably like have to like get somebody to be like, no cinnamon, this is what you need to be charging. Like, don't fuck yourself over. Um, cause I'm, I'm still not that confident all the time. So I think my advice on business would be, um, charge more than you think you're worth, like charge so much more, like, please, dear God, do you are, you like, you are totally worth it. Um, like for real. And, um, for like advertising, get those photos, man. I haven't gotten new photos of myself in like years. It's embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. I'm using old photos, even just for like burlesque work. like for like for in-person shows i'm using the same photos i've had for like three or four years it's embarrassing so update get your shit updated on a regular basis it really makes a difference it really makes a difference and i think that's like those are the first two things that come to mind i might have more but those are like those are the first two things i'm oh, really I think bad those at those are great yeah those <laughs> are so great important um yeah um so if you go back into sex work, you want to, you want to be out as non-binary. You want to charge yeah, more. I want to charge more. Yeah. Those are all really important things. Is there anything yeah. else that you want to incorporate if you ever go back? Um, I, I'm more of just like, like genuinely being myself and not like this product that they want me to be. Like, I just like, I felt like before when I was younger, I was like, playing up like being like young and dumb you know and like being inexperienced and stuff nah I don't want to play that anymore I want to like be my full authentic self at work I think like at least as much as I feel comfortable yeah Um, I totally get that I think it's easy to to play into the stereotypes that you think work when at the end of the day the thing that works best I found is just like 
being pretty true to yourself <laughs> maybe being right. like the nicer version of yourself <laughs> totally but yeah you know still being true to your identity and your beliefs yeah yeah exactly yeah well on that note we are reaching the end of our time um where can we find you in the world um you can find me on instagram as cinnamon maxine one word um and that's pretty much it i have a facebook but over the years i've like tried to like not get it so full of like people i don't know um because it gets face face the facebook algorithm is just like so fucked i do have yeah. a facebook like fan page which is also cinnamon maxine but i don't post there very much maybe maybe i should get better about that mm-hmm. <laughs> probably should do what you should want you, though? Yeah. <laughs> i know right exactly um you can find me at the goddess Corey on instagram on twitter uh i have a milkshake it brings all the boys to the yard and you can click the links in it i'm selena the stripper you can find me on instagram at pretty boy girl you can support me on patreon at the real pretty boy girl there's all of my stories about escorting and stripping and fiction and there's all kinds of stuff there why not join me uh, and then you can also follow this podcast on Instagram at Ho in the No, spelled Hukes and the Nukes. And if you don't know how to spell it at this point, then, um, you know, maybe maybe it's time to learn. <laughs> Make sure to rate, subscribe, give us those stars. Five stars, leave us comments. a comment on Apple Podcasts. It all means so much for our visibility, especially as to black non-binary sex workers it can be hard to get a leg up on the podcast community yes and <laughs> let them yeah. know let them know be loud be proud share it with your mom uh and that's it everybody uh i hope that you are not inhaling noxious fumes mm. um and that's that's true that comes from the heart all right have a good one everybody Bye-bye. bye bye